Welcome to the Perennial Wellness Podcast, the podcast that will lead you to better health, wellness, and nutrition knowledge. This show is hosted by myself, Kristen Crowley, and my co-host, Brittany Wharton. We are registered dietitians, fitness enthusiasts, and outdoor lovers with over 10 years of nutrition studies. We want to bring to you the different conversations about nutrition to help you become the best you. Welcome back to the podcast today, guys. Um, Today, we are doing a more focused podcast kind of for all of our women followers out there that are around our age. We Notice that there's a lot of you, so we wanted to bring to you a little um, series kind of thing, I guess, where we'll do different podcasts about your cycle, women's health, maybe even pregnancy. We might try to get some guests on here to talk about specific pregnancy things. Um, So if you're listening to this and you have any specific questions, send them to us so maybe we can address them or get a guest on here to help answer your questions. Yeah, so we are going to actually be talking about the menstrual cycle. What is the menstrual cycle? What are foods that you can be eating around the certain phases? What supplements maybe you need to focus on? Um, And then maybe what things that you need to back off on as far as what you're consuming food and beverage wise. So to start off, there are four phases of your menstrual cycle. And so phase one is actually your menstrual phase. So that first day that you do start bleeding. So this is usually, and we're going to say usually or on average, probably a handful of times throughout this podcast, because it is not cut and dry. The female body, those who menstruate do not have a specific day for everything. So phase one, menstrual cycle, usually five days, maybe it's three days, maybe it's seven days. Phase two is your follicular cycle, which is usually about eight days. And then we move into phase three, which is your ovulatory phase or where you ovulate. This is around three days, could be one, could be three. And then final phase is phase four, your luteal phase. And this is anywhere from 10 to 12 days. So in turn, a menstrual cycle could be from 26 to maybe 37 days. It might be shorter. It might be longer. It just depends on what's going on. And each one is going to involve a different hormonal shift. Yeah, and I am super excited to talk about this because like I was telling Brittany, um, I've talked to just a lot of women in general that are around our age and we're like, you know, in that 25 to 35 range where maybe they're trying to get pregnant or they're trying to track their cycle for certain things, um, like not getting pregnant or just they want to know what's going on. And, you know, there's all of these apps out there, like uh, the Flow app, I know is the the one that comes to mind for me, but there's like so many apps out there where you can log your cycle and then you see the little like week of dark colored boxes that tell you like, oh, this is when you're fertile, you know, and I've heard people that are like, oh, well, my app told me that I'm fertile at this time, but it's weird because this happened, you know, at this time or whatever, something different than what the app says. And 
it's just important to know that there are ways to track your cycle. And it's not just from putting some dates in an app and then assuming that it knows what's going on with your body or, you know, uh, what times you ovulate or different things like that. You know, being aware of your cycle and what's going on with your body and looking at the signs and symptoms that your body is giving you. And then also putting that data into the app can help to track your cycle. But ultimately, you have to do a lot of the work. And I know there's different like the aura ring and there's the like uh, temperature taking one too. I can't remember what it's called, where those they track your cycle and they track a lot more detailed. Um, so those may be more accurate. But I've heard it both ways where, you know, maybe you're ov- you're ovulating at the time of your app and maybe it's totally off. And so just being able to know really what's going on as a woman and your body and what these cycles are and also how you can support them, uh, even if you're not trying to get pregnant and why it's important to have a good, healthy menstrual cycle. So there are so many things to pay attention to that you can use for your own biometrics um we won't go into all of them but you can pay attention to things like your skin you can pay attention to things such as your mood even your cravings um you know even bowel movements can be something that is affected by your hormonal shift from these different cycles So it is important to pay attention. Um, You can start tracking your cycle with some of these symptoms. Um, If you want to use an app, that's fine. But just know that it is not giving you the full picture. Um, Something that is a bit more accurate is, like Kristen said, taking your temperature first thing in the morning, doing that basal metabolic temperature. So you have to... um, That's more so um, like the family method is to take your temperature first thing in the morning, but it literally has to be like you're still laying in bed. You take your temperature. It's a two-minute temperature from the thermometer, and you have to at least have had four hours of consistent sleep prior to that. So if you have gotten up and gone to the bathroom and then came back to bed and then take your temperature, it would be invalid. But that can show some hormonal fluctuations over your cycle. So anyways, we're going to start talking about all of these different cycle parts of your um, cycle and the phases and what's happening with our hormones during that time. Yeah. So like Brittany said, the four phases. And so kind of in those four phases, there's four I guess we can call them of the major hormones that we're looking at, which would be estrogen, progesterone, LH, and FSH. So you may have heard of some of these and they all have different different roles. And so the beginning of your cycle, which day one is the first day of your menstrual cycle, your FSH is going to be the highest hormone in that um, in that time frame of those like five days. Uh, and FSH is what causes the follicle follicle to mature. So that's the follicle, follicle in your ovary. Um, and so that hormone is kind of preparing the body for like, hey, okay, we're about to recycle through this whole entire thing. So get ready because we're going. And so then you move into your follicular phase, right? 
And in your follicular phase is where your estrogen is rising um, throughout that like eight to 10 days, whatever it may be, right? So your estrogen's rising, your FSH is slowing down a little bit, that follicle, I cannot say that word, is maturing, right? And then as soon as you get to ovulation, which can be so different depending on the person, um, you'll see a major spike in your LH. So that FSH slows down and that LH spikes up, right? So that is whenever you know that you've ovulated, um, like Brittany said, usually two or three days. So you can, in this time frame, if you're tracking your temperature, this is what you're wanting to look for if you're either trying to get pregnant or trying to avoid pregnancy, right? So you know what to do if you're trying to or avoid it, but that that spike there would cause your temperature to be elevated. So right after that spike, um, you'll see a major rise in your temperature, usually like a couple decimal points higher than the past six days. Um, if you're doing the test strips, you would see, you know, those test strips that you check for ovulation, that is measuring actually your LH level. So you'll see that spike on that test strip. And it's because that LH has risen at ovulation um, that that line would be more highlighted. So it only rises for like two or three days um, at that point. And then right after that, all of those hormones kind of drop off, but then you'll see your progesterone start to increase. And that's during the luteal phase. And whenever your progesterone is increasing, you'll see your temperature is rising usually in the second half if you're tracking that. Um, of course, there's other symptoms that you may realize as, as your body goes through this cycle that you can look at, like maybe your mood, how you're feeling. Um, and we'll talk about like what to do exercise and uh, food-wise to support your body through this. But um, if you are tracking your temperature or anything like that, you would see that rise. And you want that progesterone to rise because if you are trying to conceive, then you need that progesterone to have a healthy, you know, pregnancy. Um, and if you don't end up having a pregnancy, then it eventually drops off. And all of those hormones by the end of that, you know, 28 to 35 day cycle, whatever it is, have dropped off and they've kind of like renormalized again. And then it would cycle through the whole thing another time. But that's those four um, hormones and kind of how they interact with each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we'll start back at the beginning with the menstrual phase. So the menstrual phase, estrogen, progesterone, they're both low. And this is kind of the time where this might be where your mood and energy levels might be lower as well. So we do want to focus throughout the menstrual phase cycle on certain foods that can help with your mood, but also really good absorption of nutrients during this time. So things such as high iron foods, your body is going through that menstrual phase, you're losing certain nutrients through that process. So focusing on those high iron foods, this can be really good grass-fed beef, turkey, lentils, um, even oysters are really high in iron. Um, and then making sure that you're not consuming things that are high inflammatory foods. 
So alcohol, mm-hmm. sugar, caffeine, trying to really decrease these in your foods. Um, and then some supplements that you might want to maybe focus on or just um, nutrients that you might want to focus on is vitamin C. Yeah. And so that's all during your menstrual phase, which can be hard because, you know, a lot of women may have those PMS symptoms. Usually what those PMS symptoms result from is an estrogen dominance of some sort, which can be either a higher estrogen or it can be a low progesterone in relation to the high estrogen. So you might feel things like breast tenderness, bloating, fluid retention, headaches, um, cramping, mood swings, you know, uh, a whole slew of, of symptoms that we get to experience. And so, uh, I've seen, you know, this a lot on the internet. Um, I guess like exposing, you can call it that these symptoms, uh, are not normal. They have normalized them in our world, but these are not supposed to happen. Like, uh, I know we are cycling right now at the same time. I just finished. I have no symptoms like that is to me normal versus maybe what I used to experience of like certain cramping. I know some women who, you know, they can't even move. They're in so much pain. Um, they are super irritable or anxious or whatever. So it's, it's not that it's bad, but you don't want to normalize these symptoms. This isn't how your body is supposed to feel. So maybe if you are experiencing any of that, you might, have these cravings where you want to eat these certain foods, but maybe it's because of a deficiency or a nutrient imbalance um, of some sort that you are experiencing all the time. And then at this time in your cycle, it really, you know, shows itself. And so making sure that you're eating to support your body overall, like she said, really having anti, following that anti-inflammatory diet, making sure you're getting really good healthy fats, really good sources of iron quality foods in there um, that you're trying to stay away from for the most part, those inflammatory foods, because they will and can cause uh, the imbalance of the hormones. And then specifically, you know, your B vitamins, your omega threes are really helpful. And then I know we talked about this on the last podcast, but like your magnesium foods, and then any of those dark rich colored foods, uh, will support, you know, that anti-inflammatory of course, but also giving different nutrients and micronutrients that your body needs to kind of support it through this process. While like, you know, I mean, it is really, it's a really intense time whenever you're, you're on your, uh, menstrual cycle. So focusing on those things and doing what you can, you know, always like maybe some light movement, um, is helpful on some days, but, in terms of exercise, you know, I think that doing what you can is important. And uh, you, there's the concept of like cycling your exercise, but some days you may feel really good on your menstrual cycle. And so doing whatever kind of exercise you can at that time, you know, you don't have to say, oh, well, I'm on my cycle, so I can't because the cycle, you know, of exercise will know, like, if you feel like going for a run, then go for a run. If you feel like lifting heavy, then lift heavy. But if you feel like it's more supportive of your body to do yoga or Pilates, then maybe you do that instead, you know? Yeah, I think we just really need to respect where we are, like, what is our energy level at? What's our move? How, how's our body feeling? Like, respect your body. 
Yeah. So moving into phase two, phase two is that follicular phase, like you were saying earlier, this is whenever our uterus actually starts growing again, um, with that growing the lining of our uterus and, um, that hormone, that FSH is starting to prompt the follicles to grow, um, in the ovaries in preparation for maturing an egg. So you can kind of think about your hormones during this time as, um, I don't want to say like slow, but they're developing, right? So your energy is starting to be on the uprise. You're starting to feel energy come back as those hormones, specifically the estrogen starts to rise. So we do want to really focus on good energy foods. So good carbohydrates, complex carbohydrates, fruits and vegetables, always fruits and vegetables, <laughs> but more of those nutrient dense vegetables like broccoli, all of those green leafy vegetables, spinach, we love arugula, um, kale, making sure that you're getting in good lean protein. So this could be like fish, eggs, um, and then of Again, trying to continue to avoid some of these um, inflammatory foods like alcohol because that can really mess with that rise of estrogen um, levels as they are rising. Yeah, exactly. And so it's it's kind of like streamlined. I feel like across the board, like like you said, like always doing those healthy fruits and vegetables and those color rich nutrients, you know. And so. You'll probably find that maybe you have certain cravings for certain foods. And I think it's important to kind of like listen to your body in the same terms of like the exercise, listening to your body um, throughout your cycle and just like doing what you need, but also knowing when you need to push yourself and say like, okay, maybe I'm just tired and it's not my hormones or, you know, I know I'm stressed because of this, like it may not be my hormones, just I'm, I'm stressed. And so I need to do X, Y, Z or whatever, you know, so focusing on those foods throughout your entire cycle. Um, and another thing, yeah, like the seeds. So your nuts and seeds are always super helpful for balancing um, those hormones. And especially with like your estrogen, focusing on those cruciferous vegetables that we've talked about and your nuts and seeds to help the detox as that estrogen's rising, you want to make sure that you're, you're not having too much of it. Um, so if you feel any symptoms, maybe at certain times, like say you always feel fatigued at this time in your cycle, then maybe like start to realize that and write that down. You may be able to relate it to a certain hormone. Maybe your estrogen is lower and you don't feel as good and you need to support with some estrogen detox, or you need to support with some foods that will help increase your estrogen, you know, that kind of thing. So um, kind of focusing on that and looking at what you're feeling around the same time, if, if anything. Yeah, I like that. So if you're thinking about tracking these symptoms or mood or energy, make it simple. Get a notebook, write it down on your phone. Maybe don't even worry about an app. Just write it down, pen to paper, write your energy on a scale of one to 10, write your mood, happy, sad, indifferent, neutral, whatever that means. Um, and then you can look back to say, okay, this is day seven of um, 
my cycle and wow, my energy was really low. My mood was really poor. Okay. Next time around or moving forward, I need to continue to support it better. And I think that's a really good insight. I know we've both done cycle tracking and, um, you know, I'm still working on things and I'm sure you are too, Kristen, but even like this cycle has been better than last cycle dealing with some of my own symptoms that I'm trying to make improvements on. And we were talking about them before the podcast. So you can always make improvements, even if it's just 10% better. So keep working on it, keep tracking it, see how you can improve it. So now moving into our ovulatory phase. So this is days 15 to 17. It could be days 12 to 16. It totally depends on your body and what's going on. But if you are tracking your temperature, this is whenever there will be a rise in your temperature. Um, So the luteinizing hormone is actually going to cause your egg to release which is known as ovulation. This is definitely a short period of time. This is a huge spike in estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. So everything's pretty high at this point, which is good. Um, But we want to make sure that, again, we can continue to focus on those really good um, foods, but specifically our um, higher fatty acid foods. So salmon, nuts and seeds, antioxidant rich foods, our berries, our dark chocolate, and then really trying to avoid any high glycemic or processed inflammation foods. So again, sugar is such a um, trigger with hormones. So decreasing that or eliminating that the best you can. White bread, white foods, um, or highly processed foods, really trying to um, decrease that and back off on those during this um, short period of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so in this phase, your estrogen has kind of lowered at this point and your progesterone is about to spike. So you may not feel a difference, but you know, as a woman, you may feel some other symptoms um, during these couple of days, you know, uh, because it is that time where your body is ready to like make a child. And so you may feel those certain symptoms because like Brittany said, your egg is dropping. And so you may feel certain things in these couple few days because naturally instinctively as a woman, that's what your body knows to do. Um, and so, but like, it is pretty quick. And so, you know, if you are, trying to conceive or whatever, um, that you're making sure that you're supporting your body in those ways, you know, like Brittany was saying the sugar, and then of course, like excess caffeine, excess alcohol, anything like that can be super inflammatory as well. Um, so making sure that you're just being mindful, you know, no matter where you are in your life, uh, to support your, your balanced hormones throughout your whole entire cycle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in terms of exercise, you might feel the biggest boost of energy during this time, like the most drive you might have 
like Kristen was saying, you might have like that sexual drive or you might have like more energy. So this might be a really good time for you to like hit it hard in the gym, go for a longer run. Um, Again, respect your body. If you don't feel that way, that's completely fine too. But making sure that you do take advantage of your body's natural hormone production in the way that it can affect us as um, females that are menstruating and have this really cool thing that's going on in our body. Um, I think we are really blessed to have fluctuations every month because it's not the same. Maybe it can be frustrating, but I think once you accept that, it's a really beautiful thing that our body is going through all these changes and we can really learn how to support them. Then we can learn to embrace that. We can support it with nutrients. We can support it with exercise and maybe share that with your support system or your spouse or whoever is around you. Yeah. So then we'll move into the last phase of the cycle, which is your luteal phase. So after that ovulation, um, that egg has dropped, two things happen. You either conceive or you don't conceive. But in this part, you'll see, like we said earlier, your progesterone is rising here. Um, your estrogen is, you know, not as high as it was in your follicular phase, but it may be about half the amount of your progesterone. Um, if you have symptoms here at all, you may find that uh, you, you know, you're about to start your period. If you have symptoms the week before your period, uh, you may have some hormonal imbalances there. Like we said, estrogen dominance earlier, where your estrogen is a little bit higher than your progesterone or your progesterone is just low and your estrogen's normal, you know, that kind of thing. So um, that's in this phase, you would want to see your, your progesterone a little bit higher um, to support having a healthy baby. And one cool fact about the progesterone that goes with our last podcast is that stress can actually lower progesterone levels. So what happens in, in the you know chemistry of it is that the progesterone is being made, but the cortisol from that progesterone, like cortisol takes from progesterone. So you have a lower amount of progesterone and maybe a higher cortisol. So if you have constant stress and maybe you, you know, as your progesterone is rising, you should feel, you know, good and really energized um, a lot of the time in this part of your cycle too. Um, and so if you have certain symptoms or don't feel that way and you feel more fatigued or the wired but tired feeling, maybe you have cortisol higher than your progesterone uh, or it's taking it from it. And so that can be affecting your cycle there. Yeah. So some foods that can really help support your luteal phase is making sure that you are consuming foods that are high in your B vitamins. So we will say salmon probably 20 more times, but salmon or any other wild caught fish, um, chickpeas, lentils, turkey, those are also really good vitamin um foods that can help with those PMS symptoms um, and help support progesterone levels. Um, Vitamin C, again, just like in your menstrual cycle. So cucumbers, lemons, bell peppers, those are all great to add into your meals 
to make sure that you're getting enough vitamin C. And then we haven't really touched on fiber, but fiber can also be super important for um, helping with the levels of progesterone because fiber is going to help with the constipation that might be happening during this phase. So I mentioned earlier, like bowel movements are definitely a part of your hormones and what's going on. So things like your whole grains, your nuts, your seeds, and obviously those vegetables that we are harping on <laughs> um, can definitely help with this luteal phase. Um, and then, you know, as far as exercise is concerned, again, respect your body, but this might be a time where you might start feeling less energy as you move into that menstrual cycle. So maybe this is time where you are going on more walks instead of runs. Maybe you're still lifting weights, but you're not lifting as heavy. Maybe um, you're doing Pilates and yoga during this time. So totally see how your body's feeling, track it, track your mood, track your energy, see how, see how things are going, and then make those adjustments off of that. Yeah. And I like the part about fiber too. I'm glad we brought that up because it does go like you're saying with the progesterone to help the increase of the progesterone and also lower that estrogen level. So you have that balance of a higher progesterone and lower estrogen. Um, like Brittany said, not having constipation and having normal bowel movements helps to detox those hormones that those hormones get you know, trapped up, that's how you eliminate a lot of them. And so if you're not consistently going to the bathroom regularly, well, you're, you're sitting like, you know, it's sitting in you and it, what happens is it gets reabsorbed. So then you're reabsorbing estrogen and hormones, maybe that your body's trying to eliminate, which causes a dominance of certain things that you may not want necessarily. So making sure that you're having those good fibers, the good vegetables, your seeds, and that you're following any kind of detoxification processes. Um, of course, like we said a thousand times, the anti-inflammatory things like Mediterranean style diet, those healthy fats, healthy oils. Um, you can do things like turmeric, um, ginger, you know, those anti-inflammatory herbs, just adding those to your, you know, meals, or maybe you drink them as a tea, you know, something like that. And then another thing that I always think of with, you know, like an estrogen dominance is uh, like plastics or cleaning supplies. Somebody the other day at work was heating up their food in plastic. And I was like, are you kidding? I started yelling, please stop. You know, I thought, I thought we were past that. So, um, you know, just making sure that you're support, like that you're supporting your body in the best way that you can with, especially as women cosmetics, I've, I've seen like so many different numbers of chemicals that we put and use in our house, on our face, in our clothes, um, candles, you know, all of those things um, can create estrogen dominance because what happens is they're, they're phytoestrogens. They get into your cells. They act like estrogen. And so your body has more estrogen than um, overall, you know, in its receptors. And that's where a lot of these symptoms, a lot of these hormone issues come from. So making sure that your sleep is good, that you're detoxing properly, uh, doing clean household, you know, items, all of that good stuff. And of course, every recommendation that we listed um, food wise and exercise wise uh, on this podcast today to support your body in those ways. Yeah. 
So two things, um, just to piggyback off of you, Key, there is a really good app called EWG, Healthy Living. And basically what it is, is um, it's verifying what products are free from these certain chemicals that might be a concern for our health. And they're validating that these products such as cleaning supplies, personal care, certain household cleaners, sunscreens, etc., are good for us. So if you download the app, you can actually go into the store, go into the grocery store. I was actually in Target for probably like 30 minutes the other day. Um, I'm slowly getting rid of some of my um, makeup and trying to get better makeup. Um, not that I wear makeup a lot, but whenever I do, I want it to be as clean as possible and so I was actually able to scan products in the store to see if they were um, either the highest standard or EWG verified. So you can use that to help you if you're not really sure where to look. We can link that app in the show notes as well as um, I have some favorites from Amazon that I've ordered as far as like glass containers for storing leftovers and heating them up in the microwave that actually don't have a plastic lid. A lot of glass containers have a plastic lid and then, you know, yeah, you're heating it up in the glass container, but then you still have the plastic. So um, we'll, we'll link some of our recommendations in there. And then the last thing I want to say is this podcast and the menstrual cycle, we're talking about someone that is not on any type of um, contraceptive or any type of hormonal birth control. We're talking about someone that is not on a birth control. Hormonal birth control actually impacts your cycle it can impact it by preventing you from ovulating and it can also change the lining of your uterus or both because of the um, synthetic hormones that are being produced through the birth control itself. Um, So just wanted to say that caveat for those of you that are interested in really working on your menstrual cycle. This is really for people that are not on any type of birth control method. Yeah, that's a good tip. I also like the app um, Think Dirty is similar to the EWG one. Um, they're both they're both good. And maybe you might find certain products on one that's not on the other one. So we can link both of those. And yeah, it's, it, I mean, the, the as a woman, you know, we have a lot of things going on and I feel like uh, if I wasn't in this field, I would definitely not be as aware as I am about a lot of these topics and, you know, like how to specifically support my body. Um, you know, so I think it's just good to do your research on your own or at least try to read up articles, listen to podcasts like this, uh, talk to your friends that maybe are in the health field. Um, because it is overwhelming and it's hard whenever you only have a doctor, you know, telling you certain things and maybe your doctor is not even a woman, so they don't really understand. Uh, and so just, you know, making sure that you have all the information necessary before you make any kind of decisions and that you are supporting your body, you know, in the best way, like Brittany said, the birth control can 
you know, mess with your menstrual cycle, mess with your hormones. And so if you are on that interested in getting off of it, you know, working with a practitioner like us or your doctor or anybody to kind of support your body in that way, because I know it, it happens a lot where we're on those for a long period of time. And then you get off and you're ready to have a family and it's like, everything's out of whack, you know? So um, that's why we just wanted to provide this information for y'all, give you a little start on kind of what the menstrual cycle is, what it looks like and a few things so that you can do to, to take away and support your body in a, in a good way. Um, so maybe you just take one or two of those foods that we listed because we did list a lot and you try adding one into your meals every day and start there, you know? Yeah. Yes. Try one or two of these things, see how it goes, whether you are menstruating with or without hormonal um, birth control, it would be helpful either way because these are just more so general health um, tips. So it will help with all aspects. Um, so be listening for more episodes to come on women's health because like Kristen, I definitely take a more of an interest now that I'm in this field. I wouldn't know otherwise. And I think it's shown that you do have to be an advocate for yourself um, because there's a lot of um, generalized information and not everybody is the same and your health history is not the same, your genetics are not the same. So definitely take that into consideration. Um, so with all of that being said, if you find this helpful, please share it with someone. Um, please subscribe, leave us a comment, leave us a review that definitely helps us and helps us get to other listeners like yourself. We'll continue to come out with a new podcast on the first and third of every month. If you guys have questions, drop them in the comments message us through Instagram. We will drop our social down in the description below. You can follow us on, um, or you, if you want to find us, you can find us at Healthy Steps Nutrition to work with me. And then Kristen, where can they find you? They can find me at Acadian Center for Natural Health in Lafayette, Louisiana. Awesome. Thanks for listening, guys. And we will see you next time.